Good morning, guys. I'm walking in my usual dog spot, and actually a, a, an old family friend just rode his bike by with a pack of cyclists. Uh, and it was great. We got to catch up for three seconds. Um, I wanted to talk today about ambition because the last three years have shown, have, have had me having more ambition than, um, than probably I've had, uh, the entire rest of my life. I feel like I, uh, did a lot of things backwards in my life. In that, although it's probably not unusual for someone to be not particularly ambitious in their 20s and then in their 30s to become ambitious. But I got it backwards in the sense that all my life I valued, um, I valued having a, a family, having the, the sort of home life that I wanted to have over, uh, over any sort of professional anything. And I was willing to work hard, certainly the work that I did on sailing ships and farms was some of the hardest work I've ever done, but... Um, but I was almost reactionarily anti-ambitious that I sought out circumstances that were naturally limited. Um, and, and definitely put limitations on my own thinking about how much, uh, how much I could do, how much I could earn, how much my business could grow. I mean, even to the point where I've been attracted to things that would that would be uh, self-limiting, like like spoon carving, for instance. As much as there's a burgeoning interest in spoon carving, and that's part of why it feels good. Uh, it's not like being interested in something that's already mainstream. Like if I was interested in sports, I think, I think one of the reasons I'm not interested in sports is it feels like far too big of a pool to, to, to splash around in. Um, so I, I got things backwards in the sense that I valued family more than career. Um, and was lucky enough to meet my wife super young. We decided to have kids young. So all through my 20s, it was about setting up my home. It was about becoming a dad. It was about all those other things. And then about seven years ago, all of a sudden it, it switched when I was 30, to feeling like, okay, um, you know, I have a home 
now and and my wife went back to school and and it's up to me now to to figure out how I'm going to support people and it was a real crisis and what came out of it was this incredible drive and ambition to to not only succeed at supporting my family um, but to do it doing this thing that I love that I'd come to love spoon carving and and then this real ambition to really have this be this thing that I that I master and that I make a dent in the world doing or that is the sort of gateway towards me doing those other you know making some impact on the world and in many ways it's the opposite right people come out of college and they're ambitious to well they either come out of college and they're like i don't know what i'm doing or they come out of college and they're ambitious to do something they don't know what and they you know but they have that ambition and for me i didn't have that ambition until i think it's confusing because it looks like i didn't have the ambition until i knew the thing that i loved but it wasn't really the two were not as tightly lined up as you might think i had been carving spoons for three years before the ambition sort of had its little inklings and and then it was another year or two. It's really just been in the last three years that I've been so ambitious and pushing myself so hard. And, and I really think that the thing that pushed me to be so ambitious was becoming the sole breadwinner for our family. It was that back against the wall feeling of it's on me and I, I basically cannot do too much. There's, uh, and it's so easy to do too little when you're the sole breadwinner. That pushed me and pushed me to feel like I had to figure this out. And then by now, by the time, you know, it's definitely figured it out and my wife is working again, it's much more of a habit at this point. I've become an ambitious person. And so I think, but first of all, I'm, I'm really grateful that I figured out the prioritization of my family and my home life first. I think it's feels really common in ambitious people to to either be ambitious and then value the home life but sort of have it feel like any any relationship or ambition or or home life was coming at the expense of the career, the ambition, or um, uh, 
or to feel like you had the the home life figured out and then you worry about the career burgeoning because it feels like it's coming at the expense either whether it comes before or comes after it's easy for it to feel like the career is taking away from these things and i'm so grateful that i was in a position where i became ambitious in service of these things my ambition was in service of my relationships and my home life and my family and i think that made all the difference in that i wasn't i mean i i have had to figure out boundaries around when I work and making sure that I'm prioritizing having family, right? Because it's a slippery slope. But I think it has been valuable both to have it be in service of it and also to have it happen second so that I had created the life that I want. I live in the house I want. I have the family I want. I have the day-to-day life that I want. And it makes it really clear when I'm figuring out how I should move forward or how I could move forward to help me make decisions of, yes, this is a good idea, no, this is a bad idea, based on does it support or detract from the life that I already have. The heck is this on my foot? Ew. Um, so it's really valuable that it came first, but I also think it's really valuable that people recognize, sorry, that that relationships came first, that my life came first. I think it's really valuable that people recognize um, how recent it is, and, and also, honestly, how tied up it is with how old my kids are, right? My kids now are seven and ten, almost eight and almost 11, really. Um, a lot opens up when your youngest kid reaches six, has been my experience. Or even five, depending on the kid. And it continues to open up. And so, for me, there was this, the timing was good in the sense that as I was pushing to make this a reality, this business and, and just the, the path of supporting my family, they were in school now and they were, you know, they were in school for a bunch of the day and they were more independent and they'd come home and they'd want to read books on the couch or hang out with me, but it wasn't like I needed to be as hands-on as you are when your kids are young. Young kids just require so much more from you. Hey, dogs, come! Hey, let's go. Leave those horses alone. Let's go. Come on. Um, so, you know, I, I, there's a lot of spoon carvers out there who, are, who have young families. And obviously every family is different in terms of what your roles are. And, and that shifts over time. But I think if you have really young kids, you've got to recognize that you're you're in the trenches 
and you're at a place where you're putting down the roots of your business, but your business is not ready to blossom because you need to pour so much attention into your young family. And that's as it should be. Whether you're older than me, or the same age as me, or young like I was back when my kids were young, you're, you're not in the same phase of life as me right now. And I think there's a reason why you see uh, careers sort of shaped the way they are. A lot of times it has to do with these compromises that we make of, you know, my family needs this of me. And sometimes people have a partner and that partner does everything because they have the career. And this is the awkwardness of having a career first and then having a family and the, the challenges of those early years of, you know, having those pulls on you. Um... And sometimes people make it work, and sometimes people really don't make it work. Um, I wonder greatly if this is at least partly behind the high divorce rate in this country, is this idea that you have a career that you start, and, and then you have kids. Um, you know, Certainly waiting to have kids later and later means that you are more likely to be in the really meaty part of your career when you're trying to have kids. And, and that's, whew, I mean, I've never done it, so uh, I don't know. And everybody's circumstances are different, but I'm so glad that I had my kids young before. And really this, the main part is like before I had all this ambition because uh, it meant that there wasn't as much conflict over over what I was doing with my time. It also meant that um, I could start out professionally carving spoons with really low expectations for what I needed from the business on an hourly basis because I was fitting it in and around taking care of kids. So when I had uh, free time where someone else was taking care of the kids, I was working on my other businesses. I was working on the tree farm, I was working on the editing business, or I was working one of the jobs that I had. But if I was with the kids for a long time, it would be like I would be hanging out with them. If they took a nap, I'd carve something. And so it was easy for me to get my foot in the door with a low price and feel good about it because the money was gravy. It, was, it, it wasn't competing with some other thing I could be doing with that time that would earn me more money, right? It was just, it was the extra. And I think that was so valuable because I was able to build that and build that to a place where now it's earning me more than the best job I ever had back then paid me $20 an hour. And these days with the spoons, I'm shooting for $25 an hour on average. Um, hopefully a little bit more, but at least that. If you had asked me at 25, you know, 
how did $25 an hour sound to me? That would have been more than I would have thought I was worth. So, so it just goes to show you how relative your sense of the value of your time is. And one of the things that's hard about putting off something like this, something like, oh, I want to make money carving spoons until you're older, is when you're older, your sense of how much your time is worth is way higher. And so to some respects, you have these golden handcuffs on you where you feel like you can't leave the job you've been working to pursue this dream because the job you've been working at the rate that you've been earning has allowed you this life. And unless you're living way below your means, you feel kind of stuck unless you can figure out how to make as much money right away from this thing as you're making from this thing that you've been doing for years, you feel like you can't leave. And that's why I've been really careful about golden handcuffs over the years. Um, this editing business I have with my father feels like it could have been one, and I've deliberately kept it smaller than it could have been because it's not really what I want to be doing with my life. My dad helped me start it back when I needed more income. And really what I've come to treasure about it is the relationship that it has given me with my dad. But I don't think it will carry on much longer because largely the thing that I'm doing it for now is to continue having this relationship with my dad. And I've been really careful over the years to make sure that it doesn't grow into something where I then couldn't leave it. Because I recognized that it wasn't me, it wasn't what I wanted my future to be. It was just this thing that I valued in the moment. So, where was I? Let's get back to ambition for a second. So, for me, I needed permission to feel ambition. Um... In my family culture, for whatever reason, ambition was okay to feel ambition uh, to be a great parent, to be a good spouse. Um, it was okay to feel ambition to do good things with your life and make the world better. It was okay to feel ambition to support your family, but it it was not something that I saw modeled, even though both my parents are incredibly hard workers. And if I looked at my dad, I really could see the same ambition, I think. Although with him, it's so understated. I did not see modeled the sort of ambition to just build your reputation as far as it can go. Um, and so I needed to seek out other sources of permission for that ambition in myself. And I found it in podcasts, various podcasts. Those of you who have read my book closely will notice this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk, is mentioned in my resources. And I say that he's the voice in my head. Maybe less so now than it was a couple years ago when I wrote that. But he's a guy who 
Uh, he's a, an entrepreneur who gives back by talking about all of these things in a very public way, in a very high-energy way that's different than how I come across quite a lot. But after being turned off by him for a little bit, I came around to recognizing that he's actually a delightful human being. And his aggressive voice of permission in my head to be that ambitious was exactly what I needed at the time. And now it's largely internalized. And I listen to him occasionally, but it was as though uh, some, something had to be recalibrated in me to let myself want what I want. Um, and I think that's often what holds us back the most is it's ourselves that holds ourselves back from wanting what we might secretly want. And it happens for any number of reasons. But I think if you're lucky, you can have your ambition be in service of the life you want or, or maybe even the life you already have instead of having it conflict with it. And when that comes into alignment, things get quite easy. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.